This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave, a grumpy Roger Daltrey staring at boobs will help you live longer. Vomiting up a tumor, you betcha. <laughs> a no-hitter in his first start. Rick's brush with celebrity Janine Turner. And we interview radio legend Fred Winston. All that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. You know what people don't realize that listen to this show? Uh, Dave Stern uh, is a man of many talents, uh, but one hidden talent that has not been exposed for many years now is Dave is able to, by laying down on his back, is able to spit a cherry pit into the air and make it land in his belly button. First of all, can you look at my, can you see my belly right now? Yeah, well, that's a pretty good target. Yeah, right. It's The, the basket has risen over the years. <laughs> and, and there's all that hair yeah, there, right, so yeah. it really captures yeah. anything that comes within 10 right. feet. It's, it's a chip shot, and if I get close to the hole, it's pretty much getting in. But yeah, the cherry pit, in the, there was, it was a... A big, a big treat in college. It, it, at one point, we were thinking of sending you to uh, David Letterman. Letterman. David Letterman, stupid yeah. humor. Well, it was all. Did I ever get laid because of that? No, come to think of it, I don't think that talent ever endured no, me to. No, it. you know, I believe that was one of the many talents that we used to discuss sitting around in our apartment, mm-hmm. uh, saying, you know, this is what we should do. And we never did any of those things, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> like most people that listen to this podcast. You know, I woke up in such a great mood today. Why? I don't know. I usually I, I usually wake up on a Thursday morning yeah. because we're doing our podcast and I get to see my buddy Rick. Yeah. You know, and I he get, usually you have a zippity doodah right. bounce in your step. And I oh, I get to go on the expressway and drive <laughs> 11 miles an hour for an hour to get here. Yeah. But I'm golfing tomorrow. Or yeah, that's on, right. Uh, Saturday, we're going to golf on Saturday. Your book is doing... I mean, a lot of good things are happening. Yes, yes. Your book is doing great. We're golfing on Saturday. I'm playing poker at my buddy Ernie's house. You know, I'm actually selling the book at the golf outing, too. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, yesterday, I got an email from an old college buddy of ours, Pam Mm -hmm. Dirk. Mm -hmm. And she said, uh, it's her sister's birthday, and she lives near me. Her sister lives near me. Mm -hmm. and, And I think Pam lives out in Virginia somewhere. And said, would you mind, she's a huge Cubs fan, would you mind dropping off a signed copy of the book as a surprise to her at her house? That's and, a know, nice sister. That's a really nice thing yeah, to do. I, you know, and I normally wouldn't do that, but it's seven minutes away. Right. And, you know, it's on the way. And, Eleven and minutes, I, you would have said no way. Seven, yeah, you're like, okay. Seven and a half minutes, <laughs> I'm like, eh. But I thought, okay. I'm birthday, gonna, right. Yeah, so I went to their house uh, yesterday evening. And it was, uh, they were so excited. Her sister and her and her sister's husband were mm-hmm. so excited. They brought me into their house. They gave me a tour of the house. I went into the basement. They showed me all their Cubs stuff. And uh, the husband said to me, he was going to come to uh, my book signing at uh, Moretti's the week before because he read about it in the Daily Herald. And, uh, and you know, what? The gods are colliding, uh, and here I am. Is... I'm in his house. Oh, yeah, right. It's me right here in his house. <laughs> Badge, I can't believe Rick Kempfer's here. Rick Kempfer is here. <laughs> yeah, they don't know who I am, but I, they know I wrote a book about Cubs, and it was nice. Well, it was very nice of you to do that. Yeah. And happy, do you remember the woman's name? Her name is Marsha. Happy birthday, Marsha. Oh, happy birthday, Marsha. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> but we got a lot of big things happening and again your book's doing great every cub ever you can go to everycubever.com yes if it's also uh, eckhartspress.com right. of course if you aren't a cub fan more than likely you know somebody who's a cub fan yeah and father's day is coming up you know uh, we were talking about this people are coming in buying 5 10 mm-hmm. 15 copies of this book so uh, be one of the cool cats right and if you and if you come to a signing i don't have to ship them which is a lot of <laughs> that's fun. True. Right that's true. That's true. And we'll have uh, another signing to announce in June. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, the the one that's going on on a Saturday, it's too late already for you. So, because this podcast is out, and you're but, going to Europe, and I'm going to Europe for a couple of weeks. Right. We're leaving on Saturday, and I'm gonna go to Austria and and Slovenia mm-hmm. and Croatia. Okay. That's where I'm going to. And you're just going with? I'm you, going with my my lovely wife. Uh, my sister and her, her boyfriend, and uh, your mom. No, really. Uh, Todd Schneider, who co-wrote the Green White book with me, mm-hmm. 
uh, and his wife. Uh, the six of us are going. And, and I think their two kids, their two grown kids are That's, coming. Well, have a safe trip. Well, thank you very much. I look forward to it. Ah, but, you know, we are not here to no. uh, talk about these things. No. We're here to talk about this. This week's Minutia with Rick and Dave. Well, what do you got? Rick, you're a big Who fan. I you? am. You know what? It's I got, won't get fooled again. You know, it's probably a top five pick, a top five band for you, I think. Without question. Yeah, I mean... Who doesn't like the yeah. Who, right? Yeah. No, who doesn't like the Who? That's the problem. And I'm I'm the I'm a number you know they're number one for me, and that's always been since I was probably, you know, fourteen. At one point, you had an, a, a Who album that was autographed by all four <laughs> members of the Who right. that turned out to be a forgery, <laughs> completely fake. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know what I really loved about the Who, I still do, is their rebelliousness. Right? Yes. You know, it's the in your face middle finger right yeah, to the establishment that's right, right? Exactly. You, you know I, talking about my ch- ch- generation right. hope i die before i get old yeah, you know won't right. get, get fooled again you know you know st- meet the new the boss, boss same, same as, as the right. old boss so it's really like you know yeah. right in your yeah. face well it seems like since they've been a little older <laughs> uh, they're getting a little grumpier okay <laughs> now you remember when we went to the Roger, we went to Roger Daltrey at the House of Blues oh it was fh yeah. it was great but the, he talked all the time yeah, in between uh, uh, the songs right. I couldn't understand you couldn't a understand word. a word you said yeah right he yeah. speaks English right <laughs> well a few days ago during their I think it's their sixth farewell tour Roger Daltrey got a little aggravated with fans that were smoking some weed in the first couple. They're of, coming to Chicago. Yeah, next uh, week, uh, Tuesday. I'll coming. be in Croatia. Yeah, I'm not going. Yeah. It, I don't. Speaking of grumpy, I don't yeah. want to deal with traffic and, <laughs> and whatever. So, yeah. so a couple blokes, yeah, were smoking some, you know, twisting a fatty uh, in the first couple of rows in and, New York, in New York, in Madison Square Garden, and evidently marijuana affects Roger's throat. Yes. Okay, and it makes it difficult for him to sing. So um, here's audio of a, let's just call Roger kind of an old grumpy guy. Okay, here we go. Thank you so much for coming. I've got to tell you, all the ones smoking grass down the front here, I'm totally allergic to it. I'm not kidding, whoever it is down there, you fuck my night and you make me really... I'm allergic to that shit and my voice just goes... It sucks up. So fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Now here's Wogan. Uh, hey, you smoking Mother Nature. So, you know, know, Wogramps, chill out here, buddy, right? You know, uh... The, I remember in college, there was a girl on my dorm floor, I yeah. don't remember her name, who was allergic to pot. Oh. Boy, and, I, and your dorm floor, that would have been a big problem. <laughs> right. And um, I remember feeling so bad for her, you know, yeah. that she was aller- you know, allergic yeah. to pot. I bet I felt probably worse for her than if she said something like, you know, I got really bad diabetes or something. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, that sucks. But you're, oh my God, you're allergic to pot. I feel yeah. so bad for you. Um, could be worse. Could be allergic to beer. That would that would really be bad. Um, all right, I've got something for you. This is uh, this is a true study. It's going to sound fake, but mm-hmm. it's true. It was in Men's Health magazine. It came out this week. It's a brand new thing. Here's the headline: Staring at boobs will help you live longer. Says study. <laughs> Now, uh, written, uh, commissioned by the Phi Kappa Alpha <laughs> Fraternity, right? The Archives of Internal Medicine. So this is a oh, real thing. A, all all right. right. Uh, research tracked 756 people who had either coronary artery disease, high blood pressure, or asthma. I got high blood pressure. I, I got uh, high, high blood pressure also. Don't you also have asthma, sort of? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah well, anyone who has those who could be in this study. And they would they were... They were put into two groups. Everyone wrote down personal health goals, which blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, but half of the subjects were encouraged to think of positive thoughts, things that uh, made them happy. Uh-huh. Like, for instance, <laughs> boobs. Staring at boobs, <laughs> right. After a year of this. I don't understand that. All the guys said the same thing. <laughs> we really are so simple. After a year of this, after thinking about positive and pleasant thoughts and talking about your health, those two things, yeah. uh, guess which group did better? The boob group. Right. Exactly. Yeah, the boob group. Exactly. More than half the patients of the uh, that were in that group 
increase their physical activity. They, they... zippity do that. Maybe that's why I was in such a good mood this morning. <laughs> you did have a bounce in your stuff. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, the same thing happened with people with high blood pressure, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's now official. The archives of internal medicine. So, you know. Just stare at boobs. Make I'm it sorry. Honey. It's, look, I, it's, it's for, for my own it's health. For you know what I have noticed also yeah. is I don't even have to look at human boobs. Yeah. To, like a cartoon, like a really well-drawn <laughs> cartoon character boobs. Yeah. Or bad. I feel the same way about yoga pants, <laughs> cartoon yoga pants. Yeah, right. You know. Well, and as a father of three daughters, yeah, we spent a lot of time reading about Disney princesses and yeah. going to Disney World or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Now you're now you're getting in an area. Here. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, they're girls. I mean, they, the the princesses are yeah, known to I be well developed. That's true. But Cinderella. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. You want to see my limpy or whatever? All right. yeah. No, that's no way. Okay, there you go. Hey, um, uh, we've got some great shows on the. Well, first, let's tell people how to how to uh, subscribe to our show because uh, even though we're going to be gone, we've got a couple of best of shows coming up that uh, our our assistant shows, producer but... uh, Tommy Kemper <laughs> are putting together for us. I bet he um, loves it. Too. I love. I bet he loves you calling him his assistant producer. Well, I, I can't call him the producer right, because Tony Lozano right. is a producer, but he is doing this work for us. And well, so these will be highlights of our great interview shows. Uh, I heard the first one. It it includes like Mark Cuban, who and, uh, just said that he was maybe going to run for president. Some some really great stuff. So next week we'll have that. Uh, by the way, coming up in this show, Fred Winston is coming up. Chicago radio legend, right? But if you want to hear all these shows coming up, uh, what do you do? Well, you can go on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Yes, There's you all can. our lists there. Uh, yeah. They're all on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play and Spotify. Spotify. Yeah. And click the little subscribe button. That way you don't even have to think about it. It comes right. in your mailbox yeah. every week and like, uh, you're hey, good. To, oh, look at that. Hello. Who's here? Oh, it's Rick and Dave. Yeah. It's your Minutia yeah. Men podcast. What do you got to eat? Uh, yeah. So uh, that's what we suggest for you. And there's a bunch of other great shows. If uh, you, you need to hear us live, or you need to hear a brand new episode, uh, there's other shows on this Radio Misfits podcast network, including the flagship, uh, Lasano and Friends. And I think there's a big time guest there's coming up. There's a huge up. guest coming up. I will be on the show. I'm going there Saturday, so I suspect it'll be available for your consumption Saturday afternoon or Sunday. I'll so, be, I'll be uh, top that. Yeah, I'm very excited about a, a, a Dave without a Rick. Has that ever happened before? On uh, I have. I think I've done the show a couple of times without you. Have you? Yeah, you were in Europe at some point. Okay. Or something. All right. I'm looking forward to it. And you might want to listen to it while you're in Europe. Yeah, gonna, I've got uh, a funny feeling there might be some uh, the spooking on uh, on your good pal Rick. Have you had your morning gags yet this morning? No, not yet. Really? Yeah. How often are you? Are you I'm down to like three times a week. Twice a week. Really? Yeah. Uh, well, if you're ever having a gag-free morning and you want to stimulate a little mucus, keep yeah. this uh, story in your back pocket. Okay. okay. <laughs> There's a sales job. Yeah. All right. This story comes out of Hubei, China. Okay. Okay. After a night of heavy drinking, a 63-year-old man vomited something resembling a large meatball. Okay. Fearing that it was part of his body, Blue Chow... Quickly swallow. Okay, that's, I, I, that's not his name. I don't know what his name is. Uh, you get to be so racist during the Asian bits. I, I like that. Oh, come on, Blue yeah. Chow. I mean, that yeah. was, yeah, it no. was on a T. I yeah, had no, it. Hey, I one. get it. It's funny. It's funny. Uh, so Blue Chow, what he did yeah. is feel, fearing that this was a piece of his body, yeah. an organ, he did what any sensible human being would do is he swallowed it back in <laughs> with a glass of water. Assuming it would go right, right. back into place. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember when... Is that my pancreas? I'll just swallow it. It'll, it'll figure out where well, to go. When you were a kid or when when your kids were little and you had to assemble something, yeah. like a, you know, whatever. Uh, and then you always had like nine pieces left over after the You know the thing how went. I would do the assembling? You'd bridge it. Yep. Yep. That's it. Well, being a guy, uh, he figured everything. He figured that everything was fine after he swallowed his organ back in. <laughs> dum de dum de dum Well, after a few weeks of having some swallowing discomfort and really feeling kind of under the weather, yeah, he went to a uh, he went to a doctor and they found that the meatball was a fibrous esophageal tumor. 
Okay, so this is no longer a funny story. <laughs> it was funny, still, funny, it, funny. Uh, tumor. It's still okay. kind of funny, you know. I just love the fact that he's. It's not a tumor. <laughs> yes, it is. It's a tumor. <laughs> I just love the fact that he's just like a guy. He's a typical guy. Even in China, they do the same thing. It's fine. I don't have to go back to the doctor. So, uh, okay, well, that's a good one. I like that. Uh, so let's let's move on to. Uh, our, my favorite subject currently. Time now for a collection of cub geekness. This is just one bad century with Rick and Dave. So, uh, you know, every cub ever, as we mentioned, is out there. It's selling like, uh, like uh, here, you need a piece of paper, Dave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's selling like uh, gangbusters. It's doing uh, tremendous uh, work for us, and. Um, I like to feature every player that ever played for the Cubs. And in our show here, we do one a week. Mm-hmm. And this week, I'm going to, I've am i chosen Don Cardwell. Okay. Don Cardwell. Because he arrived in Chicago this week in 1960. Okay. Right? He was acquired in a trade by the Cubs from the Phillies for Tony Taylor. Let me tell you the story here. Uh, in his first start... After he came to the Cubs, he was facing the St. Louis Cardinals in the second game of a doubleheader at Wrigley Field. Stan Musial was given the day off, but the Cardinals lineup still had hitters like Bill White, uh, Ken Boyer, Kurt Flood, big names. Mm -hmm. The Cardinals were good. The Cubs were not. Mm -hmm. In the first inning, there was a walk. After that, Don Cardwell mowed down everyone. Wow. Everyone, including Stan Musial, who came off to pinch hit. Stan the Man was the seventh strikeout victim. He got all the offense he needed in the fifth when backup second baseman Jerry Kindle knocked in Frank Thomas with a run. Uh, Ernie Banks later hit a home run. It was a no-hitter. Don Cardwell, his first start with the Cubs. He threw a nine-inning no-hitter. And uh, unfortunately from Don, it was all downhill from there. (laughs) Uh, He went 7-14 and the rest of the year. Two years later, he was traded to the Cardinals. And vomited up Uh, an esophageal tumor in the dugout. And the player that he uh, was traded for, uh, Tony Taylor, played in the majors until 1976. (laughs) Won three championships. You know. It was in several all-star games, but, you know. He had that one. No hitter, first start, welcome to your new team. Yeah. It's kind of the anti you Darvish. Who uh, had a good outing last night, though, He right? did. He did. All right. So anyway, that's the uh, Cubs story for this week. It's time for a celebrity story. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. Uh, this is the part of the show where Dave reaches his hand into the Costco jar, pulls out a, a name of a celebrity, and I have to tell the story of how I met that celebrity. Uh, Twin Peaks star Janine Turner. Was she in Twin Peaks? Oh, wait, maybe. No, she was in uh, the... Uh, North, wave, North by Northwest. Uh, or, whatever that show was, the Alaska show. Oh, my God, what is it? North... Oh, my gosh, I don't remember either. Why don't you look that up uh, while I tell the story? Okay. Um, so Janine Turner was the star of this show. This was right around the time I got married to my lovely wife, Bridget. And you know how uh, when you're young and you, you're just getting married and you're thinking, geez, I'm never going to have uh, sex with another woman <laughs> yeah. the rest of my life? Yeah. And you and the wife is thinking that too about, uh, you know, how you, you, for the rest of your life you've made this pact. And sometimes you talk about, well, here's a list of... Northern exposure. Northern exposure, yeah. thank you. Here's a list of five that if you ever run into them, uh, you get a free pass, okay, yeah. right? I've never done that, but sure. Okay. We, I did it with Bridget, you uh, know. I, and actually, obviously, you know, w- once you start thinking about it, it's not a fair thing to do because guys wouldn't have. We have no chance right, ever. Right, but sure. the girls, yeah. they actually do have a chance, <laughs> yeah, 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 right? Yeah. So I actually at some one one point called off this deal right, and you know, right. whatever. And we were at a Sting concert one time. I was like eight feet away from Sting with Bridget, and I was like. Oh my God! I'm gonna, you know, I have to give this up today. Yeah. No, no, yeah, not gonna happen. The deal is over. Who else was on our list? Do you remember? I don't remember who else was. Kevin Costner was on her yeah. list, and they were all, you know, slime balls too. They all would have. Yeah, yeah they would have. Yeah, cute little redhead. Yeah, sure. Uh, but anyway, so uh, I had Janine Turner on my list because okay. she was beautiful. She was on Northern Exposure, and I loved that show. 
and and the the character was tremendous, right. quirky, quirky, yeah. uh, and you know, of course, unattainable, right? Of course. Right. right. Uh, however, <laughs> I was at Wrigley Field, uh, going. You know, this is not the only time I've ever uh, been to Wrigley Field. Uh, obviously, watching the Cubs, and out of the corner of my eye, it looks to me like I see Janine Turner. Wasn't she a she, she, she was dating Mark Grace, Mark Grace. Right, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. like oh my god, that's her. Right, right. Well, I didn't think anything of it other than you know, right. sure, All right. Uh, so later in the in the game, I went downstairs into the the bowels of Wrigley, and I decided to go into the gift shop because I wanted to you know get a little present for Bridget. Walked into the gift shop, and I literally walked into Janine Turner. Wow. Okay. And there she was. I was right. like. An inch away from her. Right. And I said, hello, Janine, nice to meet you. And then I told her the story about how we have five people right, on yeah, our yeah, list, sure. you know, That's jokingly, a, jokingly. You, you know. must have had a couple. I, I might have had a few beverages. Right, yeah, yeah. And you know what she said to me? She said, I have always wanted to meet a drunken Cubs fan <laughs> in a gift shop and have sex with her. <laughs> Right. So, honey, and, it's part of it's like, so what are you going to do? So, we cleared off the table on the, in the gift shop and moved everything right. off. And I said, can, can we have five minutes, right. please, everybody? And everybody was like, sure. Oh, is she, she's on your list? Oh, Absolutely. It's for, I, right. I understand. And and we made mad, passionate love for, for four or five minutes. And yeah. that's my story. Yeah. Uh, every part of that story is true up until the I wanted it. So, she said thank you and walked away. I, I just said hello. Okay, okay. <laughs> There's no way I was going to bring well, that up. Well, you know there. what? I was right. thinking like... Like, oh, hi. I said, what are you doing here? This is the true story. Right. Hey, what are you? Uh, why are you coming to... And she told me she was right. dating Mark Grace. I didn't know she was dating Mark Grace until that moment. I'm like, oh, okay. fantastic. Well, yeah, try, That was the story. Yeah. Try the $11 uh, bratwurst. <laughs> That's a not good story. Yeah, it's a good story, but it could have been so much better. <laughs> All right, so it's time to bring in our celebrity guest because we've got a good one. Uh, one of the greatest uh, radio personalities of all time. Let's play the jingle and bring him aboard. Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave. All right, joining us on the phone, uh, we have the legendary Fred Winston. Now, Fred, if you don't know, has been in Chicago radio since 1971. He worked at WCFL, WMAQ, WPNT, The Loop, WJMK. But most memorably, you had a couple of great runs at the Big 89 WLS radio in the 70s and the 80s. And that was at a time when that was that 50,000-watt blowtorch, and it dominated the ratings, blasted out across the country. And people still remember you from that time you know hi everybody yeah. hi, <laughs> hi guys hi rick hi dave hi. uh it, it is amazing how being associated with those call letters still opens doors to this day it's amazing uh i mean if, if i see a millennial and uh, they ask me well you're retired right yes well what what did you do uh, well i was uh, a radio personality oh yeah. And then they move on. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and, and the smart ones will go, well, well, what was that? And, and, and I'll explain. And then they'll say, well, it's kind of like a podcast, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yes, like a podcast. Well, what was your subject matter? <laughs> and then I would explain that it was uh, uh, entertainment, uh, topical, local, obvious. And I, I had a bent for being funny, mm -hmm. you know, or, yeah. or cynical. Funny mean like a clown? No, no, not like that. <laughs> uh, but uh, if I run into somebody uh, 40 years old or, or older, they uh, they generally uh, give me the uh, what I call the radio gush job. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or or occasionally someone will uh, give me that that look of a cashier at the uh, at the local grocery store or uh, at the, at the, uh, at, at JC Penney's. Because you were also not just a radio personality. I mean, you were a radio personality, but your face was on billboards. I mean, you had oh, that yeah. famous mustache. The everyone, mustache, baby. everyone remembers what you look like, which, you know, today nobody knows what the radio guys look like. No, this is true. Well, the business is so different. Yeah. Uh, back then it was, uh, 
in the 70s specifically before FM fragmentation. Right. Meaning uh, before uh, somebody said, well, why should these giant AM radio stations uh, have all of the listeners when we could uh, kind of target our programming via the music and content to a specific group? Because right. uh, ratings, uh, ratings generated dollars. Right. So if you were uh, everything to everybody and you owned the 25 to 54-year-old target demographic, and they're broken down uh, in 10-year increments, right. 18 to 24, 25, 34, 35, uh, 44, et cetera. Uh, if we could target one of those uh, niche uh, demographics, then we could eventually uh, erode... Uh, the big ratings away from the huge AM radio stations, which were everything to everybody. Right. right. And, uh, and they did, but I, I got a chance to, uh, uh to sample the, uh, is it, is it good to say girth yeah. uh, of, sure. of the big 89? Yeah. It's a podcast. It you a, can say anything you want. <laughs> oh, right. We're on a podcast. The, yeah. the big throbbing boner of a radio there you station. Go. Yeah. Right. Describe it more in uh, detail, Fred. And it was it was huge. Yep. Yeah, and, and I had no idea when I when I knew WLS was big, and I always aspired to work there because you could hear it all over the country. Right. I used to listen to it when I was growing up in in Central New York State, and uh, uh, it, it always uh, it, it was like a uh, kind of like a Ulysses siren. You know, it was always. Always beckoning me, and uh, you know, I was so happy to get out. And I had no idea how huge the radio station mm -hmm. was. Yeah. Uh, again, as I say, uh, I'll be at the, uh, the the local grocery store, and someone will give me that that look. You know, as, <laughs> you, know you, you can always tell by the gleam in their eye that they were a listener, and because they had that, that just for a second that look of insanity. And I used to call them uh, the fries, Fred's fries. And so they were one of the fries. And someone will say, uh, "Oh, I, I, I know, I know who you are," or, or else uh, I'll get the voice thing. Right. They'll they'll say. Well, that's uh, you have such a recognizable voice. That's the other well, thing. Well, no, they won't recognize. I, some of them don't recognize it and say, "You know." You really have a really a nice pleasant. Oh, speaking I voice. see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you should you know, have you ever tried uh, doing? Uh, you know, you should do commercials or <laughs> or those voice things for television. And rather than uh, explain the whole uh, sordid story, I always say, you know, I get that all the time <laughs> yeah. from people, and uh, and it's nice that uh, that people remember. You know, so you know, or uh, not. I think. Have over the years, I've gotten to know most of those, most of you guys that were on WLS through you know working with Land Ecker and Stephen Gary and and those sure. guys, and and they all tell a similar story, and that is that you guys actually got along and liked each other and hung out and did stuff together, and you were actually friends. I mean, that was like a uh, oh. a camaraderie amongst all these big stars. Is that is yeah, that in true? the seventies? Yeah. In the seventies, it, it was a, a rare, a rare chemistry uh, that existed at that radio station at that time, and I've, I've not seen it at any other radio station uh, in all of my Gulliver's travels ever. Well, what uh, generally it's it's petty jealous, jealousy and right, you know, exactly. Uh, That's that that was been my experience. <laughs> all oh, you're in the eighties and nineties. Well, you know, what? and backstabbing, of course, has yes. been elevated to a new art called front stabbing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, and uh, and I think it was because of uh, everyone was uh, a, a well respected talent by the time they got. Right uh, to that radio station, and uh, and we were all pretty secure in in what it is that we we did, our act, so to speak, uh, and uh, and and the rare chemistry that that developed. We we hung around together. We went over to everybody else's houses and uh, uh, socialized uh, all the time, drank together uh, and partied together, and uh, and. And it showed on the air. Yeah. It, it, it gave it that, that extra special uh, boost. You know, I 
I, I, you mentioned John Landecker, and he and I were were talking one time, and I, I said, "Do you think, John, uh, it was the the talent that perpetuated the greatness of the radio station, or the greatness of the radio station that perpetuated the talent and and made it bigger?" I think, you know, and thinking about this for uh, years. Uh, I, I think it was a combination of both. You know, I, I once uh, once thought that the station was so huge you could put a dial tone on between <laughs> records <laughs> and and still get double double digit shares in in the uh, in the Arbitron ratings. But uh, I, I think uh, I think that radio station had had uh, had energy rolling. It was like a, a snowball rolling downhill. You know, it, it turned into a massive avalanche by the by the time it was in the 70s and uh and and one thing perpetuated the other you know but i don't think people remember you know looking back on it they don't remember like you remember when uh they played that uh you know, Seasons in the Sun right. by Terry the Jackson. The Penny and the yeah. Jets segue was yeah. fantastic. They remember you guys. They remember the personalities. The big personalities. And now, you know, my kids, I have a 16-year-old daughter and 13-year-old twins. They don't know any. In fact, I don't think they even know call letters from any radio stations. And they certainly don't know anybody personalities that are on, on the stations. So uh, Maybe Howard Stern. Uh, yeah, That's yeah. about it. Yeah. And... um you Even know, Howard has an older audience. Yeah, for the for young kids that are in high school, nobody, none of these guys know. And you know that's the thing that has been forgotten with radio is the personality, right? And, uh, well, you know everything is cyclical, and and one day some some uh, young consultant, uh, if there are any left, uh, will uh, say, "Why don't we try to be uh, everything for everybody?" Yeah, and uh, take this block programming type of thing that uh, that we do on podcasts and put it on terrestrial radio and uh, and have uh, have personalities on between uh, between music and commercials and and see how it flies you know block we were talking about that before about uh, about block programming yeah that uh, that's how radio started in the in the 30s they had uh, blocks of programming that dealt with a specific subject matter or, or the, the, the quirks uh, of, uh, of an individual personality for a few hours, and then they would switch to something else in, in a couple hours, and then after uh, a couple, three hours, they would switch to something else, and it would be uh, completely different. So, again, the, the cyclical analogy, maybe it'll mm -hmm. come back. Maybe it's time. In our lifetime, I don't know. So you must Do have... Do I care? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You must have some stories from your radio days in Chicago, brushes with greatness or uh, just moments that... Uh, the behind the scenes stories you've got to have some and remember you're on a podcast so anything goes Fred. <laughs> oh yeah uh, yeah i thought about that uh, i mean there were so many that i forgot well i met scads of celebrities and, and became friends with uh, uh several uh, recording artists and went out and destroyed brain cells with uh Everyone from uh, Burton Cummings to Harry Nilsson mm -hmm. and uh, Harry Chapin and uh, all the Harrys and, uh, <laughs> and every everybody uh, in between. Uh, I'm trying to come up with a uh, a, a, a pepper-filled story that and and, and I and I went well. I got one. I went oh. I wonder if I can bring. It. Have you ever heard of the famous? WLS Ledge Walk. No. Back in uh, back in the early seventies. I don't think I was doing mornings uh, yet, so it had to be before nineteen seventy two. And uh, no names mentioned, of course. Uh, one of our one of our former announcers went over to WCFL. The art and, uh, The his, uh, Yes. At the time, and his counterpart, the uh, same time segment on WLS, they would uh, heckle each other via telephone. 
because this was before uh, before computers and before faxes and before uh, text messaging. You mean they would call and, each other on the phone during their oh, shows? Oh, yeah, on oh, the hotline oh. and, uh, and pull each other's chain. Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, well, it, we, we had a thing going back then. Uh, we would always call each other and uh, at various times of the day or night with a uh, you suck reminder. <laughs> you know, hello. Hey, it's Fred. Uh, and this is a you suck reminder. <laughs> you suck. Click. Thank you. So they would be giving each other you suck reminders. And uh, uh, somebody came up with the brilliant idea of, hey, wouldn't it be fun to uh, climb into the general manager's office, uh, which was locked, and uh, go out on the ledge and smoke a fatty. <laughs> For you kids out there, that's marijuana. Yeah. So they, they, uh, the LS guy got into the general manager's office. What floor are we talking about on the uh, ledge? Fifth. Fifth okay. floor. Fifth floor okay, of the, so, the yeah. former stone container building. Okay, sure. And now it's the London House building. Yeah. Yeah. Where you can go on the roof and uh, get a cocktail for seventeen fifty, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> With a beautiful view. I mean, come on, guys, <laughs> that's stupid. Uh, so, uh, so one guy, one of the uh, the LS guy, got into the GM's office, and the CFL guy uh, somehow got over there. I think after his shift, and they uh, opened the general manager's uh, window and uh, sat out on the ledge and. Blew a fatty and enjoyed uh, the view of downtown Chicago and the Chicago River. And uh, I love it. I love and, it. That was pretty much it. You know, it was a a childish prank. I love it. So, well, so what? Uh, oh, okay. There's not more. over yet. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, so somehow uh, the general managers got wind of it. Uh, the LS general manager got wind of it, and uh, and he was kind of a paranoid. Uh, paranoid schizophrenic type and uh and went crazy uh both uh, both employees uh were called in and uh and fired of course this was uh, uh cause for dismissal for the ls guy and the uh, cfl guy Aww. and uh the general manager of wls at the time uh, filed charges of industrial espionage <laughs> against against CFL, yeah. saying your guy came over to uh, steal right. uh, our nuclear secrets. You right. know? <laughs> I just wanted to get high. <laughs> I just wanted to get high and uh, be irreverent. Yeah. You know, well, that was that that seventies attitude. Uh, yeah. You know, the LS uh, personality was, you know, that uh, that of irreverence. You know? So, so did this uh, this personality, this unnamed personality, did he uh, continue to work in Chicago radio? Um, no. Okay. No. And what about the CFL guy? Uh, no, they they okay. both uh, had to uh, seek employment elsewhere. It was a no, big blemish bad. on their on their records. I mean, it was uh, a, a sad ending to uh, what there was supposed to be a uh, ha ha moment. You know. Well, that, that was probably the only carfuffle you ever had with radio management, right? There's no, you probably lived seamlessly with the. Never had any issues, never had a, 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 a general yeah. manager or program director say something to you that you thought was inappropriate and, and sailed through your entire Cause, career. Because I've heard you oh, personalities. Shit, man, I was called in the office every other day. <laughs> Jeez, Fred. Jeez, Fred. Why'd you say that for? Yeah. Jeez, Fred. I, uh, didn't you tell me one time there was a, there was a guy who uh, I forget if it, it was I think it was before you came to Chicago who told you that y you had no future in this business at all? Oh yeah, that was a guy named Charlie Murdoch who was the the uh, the, uh, the I think it was WSAI in Cincinnati or a big station in Cincinnati. I, and, and when I was a youngster, I sent him. Tapes. He said, "You know, you should really consider another career. You, uh, you really don't have a actuary. Have a Are you good future, with numbers, uh, kid? Yeah, you know, be an insurance guy. <laughs> you know that 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 wasn't uh, that wasn't too kind a thing. I, mean, I had a story on the the tip of my tongue, and now it uh, it has eluded me. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I'm sadly sure to say, but that's the second thing to go is yeah. the memory. You know." <laughs> 
I don't and you know ask, well, what's the first thing to go, Fred? And then Fred says, uh, I don't remember. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Very good. So, hey, so I was in the uh, the hospital recently for a little procedure. Yes. And uh, uh, as a result of the procedure, the uh, stupid uh, shitheads put my bladder to sleep, uh, and uh, I, I could not uh, could not go pee pee. So the uh, uh, to cut to the uh, the chase here, the uh, the uh, the uh, the doctor, uh, one of the doctors, a specialist. Said we're going to give you some Cialis, oh, and that'll uh, that'll uh, reduce the uh, prostate. You know, at my age now, I have a uh, prostate the size of a rugby ball. <laughs> you know, and and this is something uh, you youngsters can look forward to <laughs> out there Can't in wait. podcast land. <laughs> yeah. You know, after forty, you know, you're going to yeah. you know get up and pee every half hour. But uh, and what? and then the doctor gives me a wink like. Uh, uh, it'll reduce, and it's got a twofold purpose. Well, I didn't, you know, I was so cooked on all the meds they gave me in the hospital. I had no idea what the hell he was talking about. I didn't know Cialis was a boner pill. Okay? <laughs> oh, you didn't? Okay. No, I had no idea. <laughs> it, its original uh, thing is to uh, make the prostate happy and and stimulate the bladder, you know, and wake it up. You know, that stimulates a lot of things, apparently. Oh yeah. Well, later that evening, I go home on a Sunday. And I wake and 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 uh, and, and I don't mean to uh, dwell on the surgical thing, but I, they had catheterized me, Oof. so I went home with a catheter uh, temporarily yeah. in in my unit, and uh, I wake up at midnight with this boner <laughs> that that was 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 it it was so large it was shiny. <laughs> You know, it looked what is like. That beacon? Uh, what is that a beacon? It looked like. Uh, who was the Van Patten who had all the kids? It looked like his head. Oh, it was Dick, uh, Van, it Dick was, Van Patten. Yeah, yeah it was, it ironically, like Dick, Van Dick Van Patten. Patten. It was, yeah. or, or a Van Patten Dick, if you would. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, and and all of the all of the plumbing work that they had installed is, is straining to. Uh, it was uh, it was an incredible experience. You know. I... Woke up my wife. I said, "Let's take right. a picture." Yeah, right. Please, <laughs> you know, look, look, honey, you don't see those very often. <laughs> well, you know, you'll you'll see these um, ads for 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 these you know erectile dysfunction, and it says erection that lasts more than six hours. You know, call your doctor. I'm not calling a doctor. I'm calling CNN. Look at this thing. You know, <laughs> CNN or the Guinness Book of <laughs> right, World exactly. Records. I'm calling all you know, my high school. Hours. All the kids all I went to high pictures. school with, yeah, exactly. It's on Facebook within seconds, probably. You, you know, you talked about Landecker in his book, uh, which I co-wrote with him. There's a section yes. in there uh, about, you his know, uh, he had a similar right, thing, right, you right. know, a sim- similar event. And he wrote about it in his book. And while he was getting catheterized, the uh, oh. the doctor said to him, Hey, are you John <laughs> Records, Landecker? He's like, just take care of the dick, please. Take care of the dick. Oh right. yeah, yeah I, uh, John uh, was on uh, on the air, the uh, LSFM at the same time I was my last radio incarnation, and I remember I walked in the studio to chat with him, and he said. Uh, I got a catheter on right now, <laughs> and and you know I, I did, and, and, and you know you just want to uh, put your fingers in your ears and go. Right. Mm. Yeah, yeah, right, you don't right. want to hear. You want, right. don't want to hear them, and it's such a horrendous thing that you you, you just want to block it from your memory. Memory. So I, you know, I, I have a new appreciation for uh, for for John uh, going through that stuff. You know, and speaking of speaking of artificial. Uh, prosthetics and, and and stuff you get in the hospital. We had a, a night guy from uh, from Houston on the air. He joined us from Houston, Steve Lundy. And uh, he was really, really a fine talent and, and, a, and a gentleman, a real nice guy, a Vietnam veteran who, uh, who lost his leg uh, in Nam. I think he stepped on a, a landmine and ba-boom. Well, he uh, he would come to work uh, with uh, with an artificial leg, and uh, and it would bother him. So he would remove the leg, and uh, and get around uh, on crutches from time to time. So he'd have the crutches in the jock lounge, and uh, and he'd take the leg off, and then wander around on on the crutches. So when he got off the air, uh, the uh, the world famous London House, the jazz jazz club and steak joint, was on the main floor. 
of, uh, of uh, 360 North Michigan Avenue, the Stone Container Building. And he'd go down and, uh, and uh, get a few cocktails after the show, and, uh, and we get a call uh, the next day from uh, the manager of the London House, uh, very politely, uh, one of your uh, announcers left his leg down here. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, uh, all of us announcers had detachable legs, but we knew who it was. Right, right, right. There was only one of us. Hey, John, do you have your legs? Uh, Larry, you got, no, oh, must be, yeah. Uh... <laughs> well, you know <laughs> He left his leg in the London house. I, I sent uh, Landacre's book to Larry Lujek when it first came out, and yes. he sent John a note back. And, you know, Bob, the whole book is about you guys and, you know, LS. And he didn't mention any of that in the note to, to John. He just said something like, hey, uh, Decker liked your book. Didn't need to read about your dick. <laughs> Love, Larry. Uh, the Johnson chapter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Wasn't very long, so, though, uh, if you know yeah, what I'm it saying. Was, you know, it was uh, just a, a great run with, uh, with with wonderful, wonderful people. And, you know, we're, we don't keep in touch like we, we should, I guess, uh, you know, uh, well, you guys are all over the place now. I mean, yeah, but but with with the, the ease of social media and and whatnot, uh, we uh, we pull each other's chains occasionally, and you know those of us who are still left, you know, uh, and, uh, and 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 it's fun to remember. But it was such a great radio station. But but you can't live your life looking in a, a rearview mirror. That's you know? true. And, uh, but you gotta, you, are, you yeah. are also very current i mean you i always have been uh, you know uh, i've known you for many years now and you're 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 a few years older than me uh but you've oh, always yeah. you're always uh you're always been hipper than i was you always knew what was going on and oh, thanks man and still if people want to follow you on twitter you'll find out something else about fred and we were talking about this briefly before we went on the air here and that is uh fred is an unbelievably great photographer and oh, I, thanks, on man. his Twitter page, you'll you'll see his photographs. He's a gentleman farmer. He's living up in uh, in Michigan most of the time now, and he takes these beautiful nature photographs and really just tremendous stuff. Thanks. I'm on Instagram too, so oh. I, Whoa, I, I look I at you. Look at you, Mister. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I vary the content between the two uh, mediums, and uh, uh, I have, uh, as I mentioned, I, I've got my galleries on uh, Smug Mug, and it's fredwinston.smugmug.com. I, uh, I just recently had a, uh, a, a, a renaissance uh, in the city for a few days, and wandering around looking at uh, the flowers and, uh, and shot a whole bunch of uh, tulips. That, uh, it, 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 it's difficult to uh, shoot a flower uh, in that uh, you've got to capture... Capture the mood and and its personality, and try to try to create some motion and emotion when you when you mm. shoot the picture. So that's the challenge, I guess. I've always been doing photography. I mean, I started that in the uh, in the uh, the sixties and had a dark room. And uh, digital photography is wonderful, you know. Now with Photoshop, mm -hmm. it's like having a uh, having a dark room in your uh, in your computer and the only thing missing are the intoxicating smells of the chemicals <laughs> yeah. you know? the cancer that you're going to get right <laughs> well, well right well fred we really appreciate you coming on with us it's been fun chatting with you and uh, oh and, my pleasure and we'll stay in touch obviously and uh, we'll we'll talk to you soon and th thanks again for being on the show thanks fred all right see you guys be right. well Thank be you. happy you too buddy bye. take it easy bye bye so, He's where gone. else are you going to hear a show that has Fred Winston talking about penises, talking about John Landecker's penis, mm -hmm. Larry Lujak talking about someone else's penis? Earlier, us and the affinity for breasts. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, this, this is been the a, bluest show that we've ever done. Probably. Yeah, hey, this is for all you guys who say you guys are not don't have right, an edge. Right. Those yeah, those three star reviews. <laughs> it's okay, but not edgy uh, enough. Well, so that's it for uh, this week's uh, Minutia Men. If you want to find out more about Rick and Dave, you can check us out at EckhartsPress.com. 
get the new book every cub ever. Every cub ever. Uh, you can also check us out at chicagoauthorsolutions.com. We have been uh, produced by Tony Lasano. I need that piece of paper back. Of uh, opishows.com. Opishows.com. Remember, opi is hippo. Mm-hmm. Spell backwards. Distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we'll be back again in well, live. But we will be back next week. We'll be back a- again next week. But in a few weeks, we'll be back with a brand new episode of Minutiaman. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opi Productions. Tony, can you shut up? If you missed Los Ano or Los Ano and friends, here's what you missed. Hi, Fred Winston here, Chicago radio guy. <laughs> now, Fred, Tony, you were the first voice on Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, yeah, that was my big uh, cinematic moment. It is a beautiful day in Chicago today. Temperatures expected to reach the upper 70s. Right now, 75 at the lakefront, 74 at Midway, 73 at O'Hare, and now, up in the sky, Don Nelson. Yeah, pretty goddamn riveting, wasn't it? (laughs) I got got John Hughes in the studio, and uh, we're in a commercial break. He says, uh, could you imagine your voice coming out of the theater speakers? In the theater? I said, uh, yeah, what does it pay? <laughs> Mercenary. So I go in the studio, and I'm recording stuff, and I'm uh, doing uh, buffo DJ crap, and uh, clever ad-libs, and, uh, you know, well, blah, 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 and they didn't want that. They wanted the, uh, right. the straight crap. Right. <laughs> so he invited me to go with him to the premiere. Uh-huh. And I said, well... I can't do that yeah. because I get up at 3.30 in the morning. I'm sorry. You know, I'm not going to give up my sleep. I don't give right. a crap if it is a movie. <laughs> so he fixed my ass. I got paid, but I got no movie credit. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, no credit? Really? No, no uh, credit in the movie. Everyone got a credit except <laughs> me. Unbelievable. And you're the first voice. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Yeah. Do, you, do you get checks in the mail still for like 16 cents for that? Or no. Yeah? No. Really? It was a one-time flat fee of $337.65. Oh, man. I'm swimming in it. (laughs) Radio Misfits. Get more. Lozano and Friends. Lozano. Now on Lozano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lozano or whatever it's called. That's nice. I bet that's pretty goddamn compelling, huh? (laughs) Oh, sorry. (laughs) Lozano and Friends. Available on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, Apple iTunes, Stitcher Smart Radio app, and on Lozano.com. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, we'll talk about the vision of a Dutch artist who has created retro versions of modern designs. It's retro in reverse, plus the quandary of buying used supercars for pennies on the dollar. Are they too much fun for little money or a potential wallet-draining ownership experience? I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Lou Costable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.